Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are we doing? It's nice to, uh, anybody else a fan of the cool weather coming in? Man, after, gosh, all that hot weather, it's nice to get a break. Um, I was driving and there was actual rain coming down yesterday. Um, But hey, it's good to be back with you. I actually haven't been to North Bay for three weeks. Um, I was uh, was out on vacation with my family for a couple weeks, and then last week I was out at Ferndale. Uh, CTK Ferndale. If I haven't met you, I'm, I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. Kind of have an interesting role. I'm in an interesting season. Um, I'm a, a pastor here of, of groups and discipleship, but then I'm also leading a church plant in Blaine, which is coming this fall. So we are excited about that. Um, and, uh, but, but it's an interesting season to be in, and so I think today's topic is uh, really fitting, uh, for, not just for me, but for our church, and today we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit, amen? Like, we need to see the Holy Spirit alive among us. We need to, the, the world needs to see the Holy Spirit alive in the church, and um, given the season that I'm in, um, God's been teaching me and my wife, Bonnie, how to rely on the Spirit in a deeper way. Um, you know, this last year, as, as we've uh, moved to Blaine and, and just trusted God to open doors, it's been a higher, it's required a higher degree of trust than, than uh, we've ever uh, had to endure before. We've, we've had to kind of lay, put our hands open like Shane had us put our hands open and say, hey God, what, what do you want to do? Where are you leading us? As somebody said, where are the breadcrumbs that we're supposed to follow? Um, but that's sort of this uh, season of life in the Spirit. And for our church, we're, we're in a, a season where, uh, for CTK North Bay, we're relying on the Spirit to provide. Uh, we're relying on the Spirit to provide life, not just for the, the Blaine Church plant, but as we reach out into Birch Bay and the community and, and, and even look at a, a building project, that's a lot of trust and faith with hands wide open asking God to provide. So I think today's topic is, is fitting for us. Now, one verse that God has uh, given me in this journey has been Psalm 127.1, and it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor build it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And just as we were worshiping, and, and Shane talked about you know, our effort versus the work of God, um, so often we rely on our own effort and we don't rely on the work of God. We don't rely on the movement of God. I want to share this quote from a guy named Francis Chan. He wrote a book called Forgotten God, which is all about the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is what he says. He says, The church becomes irrelevant when it becomes purely a human creation. We are not all we were made to be when everything in our lives and churches can be explained apart from the work and the presence of the Spirit of God. You know, the life and the power of the church, it doesn't come from our work. It doesn't come from our effort. Um, There needs to be a supernatural sense that God is here in our church. And that's 
that's the, uh, the light of the world that the, the, the world is seeking is when the presence of God is at work among us and not just us corporately, but you individually. How is God at work in your life? Where are, the, where are the areas in your life that are unexplainable apart from the power and the work of God? Um, I like how Francis Chan uses the words irrelevant. If we're not relying on the Spirit of God, all the activity, all the things that we do, they're really irrelevant because God has to build the house. God has to build the house. If he doesn't, we labor in vain. We can go home, put on PJs, watch TV, Cake Boss, Cupcake Wars, whatever you want to watch. Um, but the work of the Holy Spirit is comprehensive. It, it, it covers all the details in our lives. I want us to look at this uh, belief statement. This is um, Christ the King Church. They put together this statement of belief, and we've been going through each one, um, each part of, of this statement. And so this is what it has to say on the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to notice how it sort of encapsulates the work of the Spirit, which is what we're going to focus on today. It says, The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is sent from the Father to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, to convict people of sin and lead them to salvation. He indwells, seals, guides, comforts, instructs, and empowers believers in sanctification for godly living and service. Just want to point out that word sanctification, it means this process of becoming more like Christ. When we journey with God, it's that process of becoming more of who God wants us to be. But did you see this list of things? This is a huge list. Uh, he convicts people of sin, and then for the believer, he indwells, meaning like lives inside. He seals them, he guides them, he comforts them, instructs them, empowers them. Like he does it all. Like God, the Holy Spirit is comprehensive in our lives. God is active at every stage of our life. But I think the problem today is that do we feel that? Do we feel that, that God is at work in our lives or do we feel that God is distant? Do we feel that, that we're always the one who calls? That, that God is, is distant. That's what I want to talk about today. Why do we struggle between, between following the Spirit of God and trusting in His work instead relying on our, our own work? Um, so often I struggle with, with taking my life and everything in my life, all the stress, everything in my life, and just putting it on my shoulders and saying, hey, I got this. Instead, my posture is supposed to be one of receiving. We receive the Holy Spirit. But so often, I just, I just try to muster up my own strength. I try to do things on my own energy, and, and it usually doesn't work out. So what I want to do is start with this, uh, this point today. I want to start with this. As we understand the work of the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit is the gift of the presence of God at work in your life. The Holy Spirit is the actual presence of God at work in your life. He's, he's always at work in your life. Uh, A.W. Tozer said that God's presence is the central fact of Christianity. That the whole message of, of the Bible is that God is present, that God is near, that he's not far. He's not far from any of us, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what we've done. God is, God is near. God is wanting to have relationship with us. And so if you read the Bible, you see how God continually reached out to us, reached out to, 
to uh, be in relationship with us. And, it, and there's a, uh, a part where the story turns and God actually uh, becomes flesh and dwells among us in the person of Jesus. Have you ever thought about must, what it must have been like to be able to hang out with Jesus? The, this like God in the flesh. Have you ever thought about what it must have been like to have a conversation with him, to have breakfast with him? You know, there are some pretty cool people that I've been able to have breakfast with, but Jesus would be at the top of the list. You know, hey, Bonnie, guess who I got to have breakfast with today? Um, There are these 12 guys that got to spend all their waking hours with Jesus. They followed him around. They got to to learn his actual voice. They got to learn his habits. They got to learn if he, if he was, a, you know, if he made chewing noises when he ate. That would be a big concern for my wife. I know that much. <laughs> it's true. She can back that up. Um, so it's no surprise that after these three years of journeying with Jesus, uh, as his disciples were preparing to leave, they were a total wreck. They didn't want the journey to end. They didn't want God in the flesh to leave them. They were, they were feeling lost. Jesus had pastored these guys. He had shepherded these guys. These guys had laid down their lives in order to follow him. And so in John uh, 16, Jesus explains the coming of the Holy Spirit and how important the Holy Spirit is in the lives of the disciples and this is what he tells his worried disciples in John 16:7. He says, "I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the holy uh, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment." It's crazy that Jesus would say, "Hey, it's to your advantage." that I would go away. It's actually going to be better if I leave. The Holy Spirit is going to be present, not, not just God in the flesh alongside you, but it's actually going to be God in you. It's actually going to be God guiding you and spiritually showing you where to go. It's this supernatural experience. And he's, he says it's, it's going to be even better than relying on me in the flesh is having God in us. The Holy Spirit is a helper. You notice that it says, uh, the helper will come. And the Holy Spirit is a helper. It comes from this Greek word paraclete. And what it means is to call to one's aid. That, that God sends the Holy Spirit, God in us, to come to our aid. Whatever our struggle is, wherever we're at, God sends his own presence to invade our lives and so that, that to help us through the storms of life and to guide us to the way of life. And you might be sitting here today thinking, man, that sounds really great, but that's not what my experience with the Holy Spirit has been. And I know given the size of this room, I know there, we come from all different church backgrounds and understandings of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you grew up in an environment that overemphasized the gifts of the Spirit or, or underemphasized or was ignorant to the Spirit. And we're all in different places. We all have our own filter when it comes to what should life in the Holy Spirit look like. And not only that, you could be in a place in your life where you, you maybe you have been excited about God, or, but you just don't feel him near. Maybe God does feel distant, not at work. Maybe you've, you've felt like you've been on a plateau for a while. I remember when I was in college, 
I went to college uh, with my best friend from high school. We thought it'd be fun to uh, go to the same school and room together like little support buddies in the, you know, a whole new world. And we went and um, college was where God really shook me up. College was where God really grabbed hold of my heart and where I became passionate about God. And unfortunately for my friend, it was sort of the re- reverse for him. And he sort of started to stray away from God. And, and I asked him one day, like, hey, you know what? Um, where are you at with God? And he said, well, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, God doesn't really excite me. I think me and God sort of have an understanding. You know, like we, I'm cool with God and he's cool with me. And he had reached this place where he had, you know, maybe looked at, he was looking at some of the hurt in his life, some of the things that didn't make sense about God. And instead of seeking God for who he is, as seeking truth, he just said, you know what, I'm, I'm okay. You know, we're, I'm good with God. And it wasn't long, you know, after that where he just kind of fell away completely from God. And so we're in a dangerous place when we reach a plateau in our faith. When we stop pursuing God. When we, you know, when our faith becomes more like a a lake instead of a river. Where we're not really going anywhere. You're either growing or you're not in your faith. You're either, you're either following God and pursuing God or you're not. And so, so many times we choose to stay, um, stay in a place where we feel we have an, under, you know, an understanding with God. But God doesn't make deals like that. And in our faith, there's no cruise control. We can't just have our you know, buttoned up Christian life over here and our buttoned up work life and our buttoned up family life. The Holy Spirit wants to be a whole lot more active than that in our lives. And so if you're in a place of routine today or if you're in a place where maybe you've tried to set parameters on your relationship with God saying, God, you can be Lord of this part of my life, but I'm in control of this part. Or if you've decided to obey God in different areas, um, but not the whole thing, then God has a message for us from the Holy Spirit that he wants to be in charge of it all. And that his power at work depends on our willingness to obey. And so I want to ask this question, you know, what, what difference should the Holy Spirit make in our lives? You know, we talked a little bit about obedience. We've talked about following the Holy Spirit, the role that he wants to play. But what what difference should he make? And to do that, I want to look at Romans 8. And in the beginning of Romans 8, it talks about how we have uh, freedom in the, through Christ and the Spirit of God, that we have freedom from the law of sin and death. And there's really two choices. Romans lays out two choices that we can make in how we live. Either we can we, we can live in the flesh and in sin and pursue our, our selfish desires and be slave to that, or we can be set free from ourselves and live in the Holy Spirit and live in a freedom of life uh, directed by God. And so he lays that out. Um, but I want to come to the second part of Romans 8, because I think it's really uh, important to focus on. It says this um, in verse 11. It says, And the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. 
The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So there's a lot here, um, but I want to focus on two things that come out in this passage about the Holy Spirit and the difference that he makes. The first is that the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural life supernatural life. The Holy Spirit gives us the supernatural life in our, what it calls our mortal bodies. And then the Holy Spirit secures us as sons and daughters of God. Those are two things that happen when we encounter the Holy Spirit is that we receive supernatural life and that we're secured as a son or a daughter of God. That instead of feeling distant from God, we're brought in close. Because we're a son or a daughter. We're adopted into his family. So the Spirit gives us life in our mortal bodies. If the, if the Spirit is in you, then, then you and you're relying on God, then you have supernatural life. Like what Francis Chan talked about, your, your life, your new life doesn't depend on your effort, but this willingness to obey the Spirit. And you're remade, you're transformed. You know, I think a lot of times we try to give ourselves new life by working harder, by more effort, by, by doing the right stuff. And we ignore the fact that the Holy Spirit is waiting there to help. You know, we face addiction or we face crisis. Um, we face issues in our family. And we want to take it on. We want to say, no, I got this. I can handle this. You know, we're, in our culture, we really value sort of that independent spirit of like, if I work hard enough, I can accomplish it. And what God is saying through the Holy Spirit is, no, 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 rest in me. What will really bring change is resting in me. I want to give you sort of an image. And uh, imagine you're trying to uh, blow up a balloon, okay? And I used a balloon image a couple months back, and I, I don't know why a balloon snuck into my message again, but it did. And I don't have a balloon here this time, but imagine I did. Um, imagine you're trying to fill up a balloon, and, um, and so the first thing you try, and, and, and the goal of this is to get that balloon to float. If you want to get a balloon to float, uh, what will happen if you just blow air into it yourself? If you just blow the same air that's floating around out here, right? It weighs the same, and it's not going to float unless by your own effort, you're just constantly hitting it up into the air. And my kids love this game. Like we could do this for six hours a day, just <laughs> constantly hitting it up into the air, diving for it. The only way that that balloon is going to stay up is if you're constantly hitting it up into the air. And by, you know, by the time five minutes rolls around, you're exhausted, right? But say instead of filling up that balloon with the, the air around us, what if you filled that balloon up with helium? right? A different substance that's lighter than air. Well, that is not going to take the same amount of effort, right? To keep the balloon floating. You're just going to have to hold that thing. And that's sort of a simple image, but it's that idea of, you know, if we want change in our lives, if we want to experience new life, then we've got to be filled with new stuff. We've got to be filled with new stuff. Helium is that example of being filled with a supernatural life that's more powerful than our own. 
And that when we seek those things, when we surrender to God's move in our lives, then he allows us to rise above um, our, uh, our addictions, our crises, and he carries us. And that's the type of, of, uh, of power that God wants to display in our lives. You know, I think it's great that in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, his power is made perfect in our weakness. His power is made perfect in our weakness. For when we are weak, then we are strong. When we're dependent on God, then we're strong. When we know that our only chance uh, comes from God, then we can walk strong. We can be strong because he's carrying us. When we think we're strong, then we're weak. I'm just going to wait that one out. Um, so in your, in your struggle, if you're feeling stuck this morning, if there's something that's holding you back, if there's a sin that's hanging on to, just take some time. Man, that is loud. Uh, especially the doors open here. Um, just take some time with God. Take that time. Give it to God. Be open-handed. The Holy Spirit gives us life, and he also connects us to a loving Father. The Holy Spirit, it says, is what secures us to God himself in relationship. It's how we're secured with God. Verse 14 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We're sons and daughters. It says we're, the Spirit is this sign of adoption, you know, this seal of adoption. Like we've been waiting to be adopted, and now God himself has adopted us. You know, it says it's through the Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is this uh, word like daddy or like papa. It'd be like the first word that a, that a, a baby would say. Um, all three babies at my house said papa first. I'm just saying, that's, uh, no. Um, and that's dangerous ground right there. Um, it's because it's easier. It's, that's all it is. They, they love their mom more. No. Um, but um, yeah, it's that first word. It's that endear, term of endearment, papa. You know, I know we're all over the map when it comes to this idea of God as our father. You know, a lot of us have uh, father wounds. A lot of us have been wounded by our fathers. We've all had imperfect fathers. But what I think is, is really cool is that he talks about us as adopted sons and daughters. And I got this image. I have friends um, who adopted kids, and they adopted um, five kids. And the, uh, you know, they had... Um, uh, some older kids that were there um, that, that they adopted. And obviously when they adopted them, they were just full of love for these kids and they wanted to just integrate them into their family right away. And um, what, what I noticed hanging out with them is that for the older kids, they didn't call my friend dad right away. They called him by his first name. They called him by his first name, but um, over the course of years as they learned to trust and love um, my, my friend as, as their dad, they started to call him dad. And I think in the same way, God, you know, God's love for us is waiting there. It's, it's ready. He wants to embrace us. And, and having a relationship with God, we learn how to trust him. We learn how to love him. We see that he loves us in our lives. And it becomes easier and easier to cry out to him and, and feel safe with that word dad calling God dad. 
And that might be something that, that you, need to, you need to hear this morning. It's just that God loves you and he wants security for you. It's only from that place of security with God that we can do anything. It's when we feel secure in our own relationship with God, we know we can cry out to him because God wants to be our refuge. God wants to be a rock for us. God wants to be our strength. God wants us to rely on him. God wants to be a safe place where we can run to when the crisis hits. And, um, and so we're in that process of the Spirit helps confirm that. that through the Spirit, uh, He confirms that we are God's children. And it's when we're in a place of security, that's, that's when we can reach out and, and venture into our faith. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, working among us and, and uh, when we know that we're secured in relationship with God, it's from that place of trust and security that we can then reach out. It talks about in Romans that, that God pours his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That when we have a relationship with God, that, that he, the Holy Spirit pours his love into our hearts. And that, that love goes out into the community that, that uh, we, love, um, we love others. Uh, we, and we love others to God. And so it's, it's, but it's from a place of security where that happens. You know, I've been spending a lot of time in the book of Acts lately. And just looking at the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts is, is pretty amazing. Um, the word for spirit in Greek is this word pneuma. And it means wind or breath. It means wind or breath. And, you know, I just got this image that sometimes the Holy Spirit, he, he moves like a gentle breeze. In your life, he moves like this gentle breeze, but sometimes he moves like a Category 5 hurricane. And that's, maybe some of you are feeling that. And, and that's what happens in the, in the book of Acts, is God is just moving like this rushing hurricane. And uh, he's just shaking the world up. He, there are thousands of people coming to Jesus. There are people speaking in different languages. There are, are uh, people with lifelong disabilities getting healed. There's all this stuff happening in the power of the Spirit. And as I read through the, the, um, read through the book of Acts, um, these are the two things that, that I got out of it that, that uh, God, do, God does uh, in his people. Uh, the first thing that he does through the Spirit is that he sends us as vessels of God's power. And the second thing is that he guides us into a life of adventure. In Acts, we see a lot of power of God being displayed and we see a lot of adventure. And we really like those things. You know, that's why we, we watch movies of superheroes and Jedis. Uh, that, you know, we like that idea of, of power and adventure. Um, I was looking up, just, I was wondering how many Marvel movies have been made in the last 10 years. And there's been 19 of them made in the last 10 years. And of those movies, they average, the average uh, sales is like $230 million per movie. Like, it's a ridiculous industry. Um, but it's that idea of like power and adventure. Like, we really, that really interests us. Uh, we eat it up. You know, they make millions and millions of dollars off of really small comic book characters, like Ant-Man, right? I mean, Ant-Man's cool, but he didn't really make it as a comic book. I, I used to read comic books when I was a kid. It wasn't, my first choice was not Ant-Man, but now he's just killing it in, uh, at the movies. So, um, 
But there's that, yeah, that idea that we like, that idea of power and adventure, but uh, we like the idea of power and adventure from sitting on a comfy couch, right? Like we wouldn't actually want to be in the adventure. That'd be a pretty big step, right? But it's, it, you know, it's one thing to, to be on the sidelines, but then to take a step in the spirit to actually get into that adventure, to, to, to accept the, the, the God's power and the adventure that he wants to take us on is like a whole nother step. You know, through the book of Acts, there's one character that just fascinates me, and it's this guy named Philip. Philip wasn't special. He wasn't an apostle. Um, he was actually just a guy who the apostles asked to watch tables, to, uh, to, to feed the poor, and so he did that faithfully. But then there's this great persecution that hits the city of Jerusalem where the whole church is gathered and everybody splits. Everybody goes to all these different cities and Philip goes to the city of Samaria. And it's through the spirit where he just starts preaching and thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. Um, he's healing the sick. Uh, he's doing all these amazing things. He's, uh, you know, the, the power of the spirit is just evident in his life. There's even this other spiritual guy, he's called like Simon the Sorcerer, kind of this like, you know, kind of crazy guy that people follow. And he even, um, you know, accepts Jesus in this. Um, so he's, he's in the middle of this, um, you know, just amazing adventure. And um, I just want to look at what, uh, pick up the story in verse 26. This is Acts chapter 8. And just pay attention to how the Spirit guides Philip in this adventure. It says that, um, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And he, so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury. Uh, you know, I don't know that word. Um, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Like it's very specific. The spirit is speaking to Philip in this very specific way. Go here, do this. Like he's just, Philip is just listening and obeying. He's not, there's nothing special going on. And it says that as he's, as he's sitting with this um, Ethiopian eunuch, he opens his mouth and, and the gospel just comes pouring out, just as he opened his mouth. And sometimes that's what God asks us to do. It's like, don't come prepared, just go and open your mouth and I will, I will give you those words to say. You know, and, and so Philip shares the gospel with him and this, this Ethiopian eunuch is saved and baptized. And then it gets even more interesting. Um, if you look what it says in verse 39, it says, When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reaches Caesarea. Yeah, so the, the Spirit just brings Philip on this incredible, unpredictable journey. Because, spirit is, because uh, Philip is willing to listen and obey. He's, he's used as this vessel of God's power. Things that had never even been seen before. Like there, I think this is the only documented case of uh, teleportation in the Bible. He's here and then he's there, you know. Um, 
You know, there's nothing mundane about what's going on. And, and the, the ripple effect of this moment is powerful. You know, this, in, if you track history, this encounter with this Ethiopian eunuch, he goes back and, and basically um, starts uh, sharing the gospel with his country. And Ethiopia today is even a, a, a Christian nation. Like 63% of Ethiopia is a Christian nation, and it starts right with this story. You know, when we're open to the Spirit of God, He transforms us so that we can go transform others, so that we can go transform the world. We're not supposed to share that or, or just keep that with ourselves, but share that um, with others. And like Philip, if we want to experience the power of the Spirit in our own lives, there's two simple things we can do we can listen and we can obey. We can listen to the Spirit. And we can obey. We, we can make time for that. You know, I think, I, I mean, I wish I was as quick to listen as Philip. I wish I was as quick to hear as Philip. I wish I, I just heard specifically and, and did it. But if you're like me, I think, you know, we have two major obstacles uh, today that keep us from experiencing that, that um, level of interaction with the Holy Spirit. And there's two things. Uh, the first is that we're too distracted to notice. We're too distracted to notice. We've got so much going on that it's hard to focus on our relationship with God. And the second is we're too comfortable to act. We're either too distracted to notice or we're too comfortable to act. I mean, we live in America in 2018. I mean, distractions are everywhere. I don't know. I can't say this definitively, but I think this might be the most distracted generation of all time. I mean, we've got screens everywhere. We, you know, they talked about smart, smartphones being the cure for boredom. Um, you know, there's so much going on on top of life and bills and kids and work and all those things. Our lives are so involved that we don't make time for what's really important. And so if we could just learn to do that, if we could just learn to make time to listen to the Spirit, if that's just carving out mornings, or if that's just taking a step of obedience and saying, hey, I can leave the dishes, or I don't know what it is, but whatever that is, like just make time to spend time with God. Spend meaningful time with God. The other thing is comfort. You know, God had to strip away any sort of comfort from Philip's life and for, in order for him to move. You know, Philip didn't go anywhere until there was this great persecution in his hometown, and then he splits. I think it's, it's true for us. It's when God takes away the comfort of our lives, sometimes that's when we start seeking him, is when sort of the comfort is stripped away and we can just focus on God. We can just listen to the Spirit. And, you know, um, it's when he, when he takes some of those things away, um, it's difficult. It, it's, it can be, it can be uh, difficult, but that's uh, where God meets us and, and we can have an easier time obeying. You know, there have been times in my life where I've chosen to be comfortable instead of listen to the voice of the Spirit. There's been conversations that I've had where I felt the Spirit nudge and I said, not now. Not now. Maybe you felt that too. And you know, I, those are times I've had to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I didn't act. You know, truthfully, two years ago when we were looking at um, feeling called to ministry, I didn't want to church plant. <laughs> I thought it was too hard. I thought it was too risky. 
and yet God just stripped that away. You know, the stuff we looked at that we thought were maybe um, safer options, God just took away. And um, it's because God wanted to do something new and fresh, and, and it was a journey of accepting, no, God, you've actually called me to this thing, and it's not comfortable. I want to end with this, and the, uh, uh, the uh, team can come on up. I want to end with this Francis Chan quote. Um, Francis Chan explains this this way. He says that the truth is that the spirit of the living God is guaranteed to ask you to go somewhere or do something that you wouldn't normally want or choose to do. The spirit will lead you to the way of the cross as he led Jesus to the cross. And that is definitely not a safe or pretty or comfortable place to be. The Holy Spirit will mold you into the person that you were made to be. Guys, I want to encourage you to take that step of faith. I want to, I want to encourage you that God will meet you. Whatever that is, whatever that, that step of obedience is, I want to encourage you that the Spirit of God will be waiting for you. And that it's not guaranteed to be easy, but it's that path of obedience. You can be free. You don't have to wonder. You can be free in the Spirit of God, following the Spirit. So what is God calling you to do that's not normal? Maybe chew on that this week. What, as in your times with God, chew on, God, what are you calling me to do that's not a normal thing, that's something maybe I wouldn't choose to do, but that you want me to do? What does that step of obedience look like? Because the Spirit of God wants to take you right now as you are, and he wants to shape you into who you were meant to become. He wants to shape you more into the image of Christ. And so, guys, let's, um, let's pray to that. Lord, we know, God, that, that you are at work in our lives. God, that the Holy Spirit is living and active. God, that, that you want so much more of us, God. And so, so many times we keep you at arm's length. Or we try to define the areas of our lives, God, that we allow you to operate. Um, but, God, I pray that you would... Um, speak to us right now as we're sitting here. God, what are the things that we're holding on to, God, that we need to let go of? Because, Lord, we want to see you work, Father. There's nothing more energizing, there's nothing more exciting than the presence of God at work among his people. God, we want to see you do amazing things. God, we want to see you go out. We want to see you bring the lost home. We want to see you bring people home, God. Holy Spirit, God, would you bring us into the embrace of God this morning, God? Would you show us how secure we can stand in relationship to you, Father? You've secured us. And God, if we're in a place of, of wandering, if we're in a place where we don't feel secure, or we feel stuck, or we don't know what to do, God. I pray that the whole, by the Holy Spirit, you would just give us that security this morning, Father. Lord, that we may too cry out, Abba, Father. God, Papa, Father. God, that that would come from our hearts, Lord. So I pray for each of us as we're, as we're here this morning, God, would your spirit just be alive and active. Uh, would it be at work in this church, God? Would it be at work in everything you have us doing right now, God, in, in Birch Bay, in Blaine? Um, Jesus, would you just, would your spirit be felt? God, we want, when people 
when people encounter us, God, we want them to experience the presence of God. So, Lord, I pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.